Tim Berners-Lee, this little monster you created, the World Wide Web, we see in all manner of new ways, but no more as an investment gimmick or a trick, but more and more as a social and political piece of the landscape here. It's transforming presidential politics, for example, in the Dean campaign, and who knows what's to happen in this year of 2004. Take us back to the beginning of your own imagination about the web as a social institution. All right. Is the web a social institution or is it a, me is it a medium? The web itself should be independent of the social. For, to first order, it should be not an institution but a completely blank piece of paper, a medium upon which society can do what it needs to do and what it wants to do. To second order, of course, it's a medium unlike any other. It's a medium which defies geographical boundaries and while it's still there are still boundaries are there are class boundaries when it comes to information haves and have nots and there are many other things which we need to fix uh it opens up some possibilities which were not there before so interesting possibilities which is opening up obviously are new forms of what, so, uh, social machines new forms of social uh, genres of social meeting uh, things like blogs things like wikis things like different ways of uh, collaborating different ways of running a democracy are, are opened up. Now we're talking transforming media, transforming politics. Right, but I'd like to keep the responsibility in society. Let's not say that the web is changing these things. People are changing the world. People are finding new ways of coming to agreement. If they're finding new ways of coming into harmony, of agreeing about being peaceable instead of fighting each other, then that is wonderful. If the web can help that, that's great. But we shouldn't try to tune the web for a particular social um, social organization or structure. So if you like, blogs are a new structure that's coming out, and they will have their advantages and disadvantages, and they will have their rise. They may have their fall, or they may settle down to become a continuous part of our environment for the next few centuries. And uh, they'll do this, but, but the web, we, we shouldn't immediately start... Uh, redefining the technology of the web to principally support blogs. There will be lots of other things. Well, at the start of 2004, let us count the ways in which it's, it's changing our landscape. Well, uh, uh, <laughs> count the ways. So it's, it's, it started off by changing it largely as a publication medium. So even though I had originally designed it pr to be primarily a, a, a collaborative medium in other... Uh, you know, the original idea was that, the, that it would be a play space, it would be a space where you and I could write an article together. And by writing an article or an, a, designing a scrapbook or designing a bridge together, we would have necessarily gone through the communication which has formed a new little group, has formed some ideas, resolved a problem, but because we've done it in hypertext, we would have left a trace which others could follow. Okay, that was the, the, the idea of the, the web as a collaborative space. That didn't happen. Lots of reasons why it still really hasn't happened. And some of them are social and some of them are technical. But a lot of them have got to do with the fact that when you are, if you're trying to do collaborative work on the web, you really need to be very aware of who's involved and you need to be able to control who has access to things. And that involves uh, just tools which we haven't had. We've developed a lot of them at, uh, within the consortium just to try to push the, the bleeding edge of this a bit further. But the ability to instantly create a group of people, for example, given only their email addresses, uh, to be able to get them to agree to confidentiality within a group, and then give them a shared workspace in which they can play and video conference and audio conference 
uh, and in which all the changes will be tracked and there will be able to, and, and, and there are certain sort of advanced set of Roberts rules of order automatically uh, are brought into play and enforced with the aid of machines uh, is just something which we like to have and we're working toward but we haven't got yet. So we're not building bridges yet uh, together across nations but we are experimenting in peace conversations for example. Well, yeah. Is Law. there a problem of confidentiality or copyright or, or ownership of these shared conversations? Well, I think that uh, well, I think that within an enterprise, for example, you d you probably see less use of the web than you would otherwise if these things were more easily soluble. If the but so so what we've seen is most of what's visible, certainly, and and to a large extent, most of what's happening is. Uh, among public is public information. So for those people who prepare to discuss publicly, such as the bloggers, then the web is being adapted. So things like talkback, which actually allow one to annotate, if you like, in a simple way, somebody else's blog because they've allowed you to submit links to them. Uh, this, these sorts of things are, are if you like, it's a, it's a poor man's collaborative hy hypertext. I would like to make a link from your thing to mine. <laughs> I can only make a thing from my thing to yours. So let's try to get around this in some way. Um, I hope that we'll have annotation services and all kinds of more sophisticated techniques for doing this in the future. But you can see that the general public is seizing on the web as a way to have a conversation as opposed to just a way to sit back and watch another TV channel. And that, that for me is very inspiring. It, it, it doesn't tell me something about the web. It tells me something about humanity. So I feel that we are, you know, the, the hope for humanity is that people do want to get work things out. They do want to come to common understandings, and they will do it by constantly refining the way they've expressed their own ideas, and occasionally on a good day listening to the way other people have expressed theirs. <laughs> yeah, it is a great medium for talking. We, we've got to figure out how to get people to listen, including ourselves. But stick with that idea. Uh, that's a very big deal when you when you get the c potatoes off the couch and going out to meet each other. In, in this meetup application, which I'm sure you know about, uh, it's having a huge effect on American politics. All the campaigns now want to gather under the, under the rubric of meetup, uh, end this kind of stay-at-home social alienation, bowling alone, all that sort of stuff. I mean, this is a very big deal right there. Was it part of the, the light bulb over your head when this thing was first conceived? Uh, when I conceived it in a general, it was just really, a, it's a generalization. It was a generalization of lots of different information systems, which I saw, plus, if you like, the need to be able to write where you can read. Um, but it, so I didn't have in mind any particular large-scale ways in which the web should be used. For, and, and still, as, I, as I've said before, I'm nervous about anybody saying that the web should be, is, you know, the, the, this is the best way to use the web. This is because that really, uh, I hope we'll go on experimenting with different ways of interacting, different ways of, uh, of creating new social systems, social groups, forms and interaction. You know, it's, it's a long t way since Robert's Rules of Order were written up, and they've lasted us for a long time. So it's going to be, uh, so, may, so before we find new things which will work, it may take a lot of experimentation, and it may uh, and a lot of refinement before somebody really finds the, the sweet spot and finds a new meme that'll work. It's interesting questions, I, I think, are about the topology of, of society. There are some um, so some groups like e-parliament, uh, 
which have tried, which are pushing towards much more um, general participation in, in democracy. But I think there are limits on the human being. The, 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 even though we can change the technology, the nodes in this network are human beings, and each human being has still got a certain ability to keep a finite number of concepts in mind at any one time, for example. So a person can only be involved in so many activities, maybe half a dozen, and while the web now allows them to choose from all over the world, you can get involved in rebuilding a village in Pakistan, uh, in Afghanistan, you can, uh, if you like, as, as one-sixth of your daily life. So the web allows us to tangle our interconnections in a much more complicated way, but it doesn't allow us to fundamentally each address all the issues open in the world today. We burn out immediately. So I think there's a danger that we assume that the web, because it will connect everything, will solve all the problems. If you connect everything, you have a huge short circuit, and nobody has any time, you have information overload. And people who've felt that because of the web, because the web allows them to read anything, therefore they have to read everything. <laughs> you know, they they, they come to a, uh, an untimely uh, end under a mountain of, of information overload because you know they have this anxiety that they should be doing everything. This is not the case. We need to find ways of choosing what we do. And so, I think that, for example, the, there is a reason why representative democracy works, and that is that actually you have to delegate a lot of these decisions to people you trust. And but there are times when participative democracy is now possible. So we can change the balance. The web now, now allows us to change the parameters. Maybe I'll spend more time actually being participative at the global level. I, that doesn't mean I will spend all my time being participative at the global level. I should still go to local meetings where I elect delegates who will go to national and regional and global bodies. Are you following the American political campaign in which... Not, not in great detail, no. Well... The web is enormously shifting the balance of organizing energy uh, out of the campaign headquarters, far from the candidate. Howard Dean, Shirley, Russell Clark maybe have used it most spectacularly, but it's a new game. The parameters have changed. Yes, you can get a message out in different ways. You can involve people in different ways. As I m wrote in the book, uh, I would love to see the web used to make people accountable. One of the things I think which is sorely miss, missing from the, from the American political scene is this feeling of accountability. When somebody has said something and it turns out to be not true, that uh, the American public at the moment doesn't seem to regard this as a problem. I regard it as a problem. I, and I would love the web to be able to hold people accountable. I'd like people to be able to annotate statements, go back over the statements that people have made, and and then follow up with a big tree of you know well you know, of discussion of whether this was really the case or not, uh, whether it was tr uh, clear that it was the case at, uh, at that point. Well, that it is used that way to some degree. In the case of the Bush administration and the war with Iraq, when they denied that they'd ever said there was an imminent threat from Saddam Hussein or weapons of mass destruction ready to go. Uh, the bloggers went back and f found many, many instances where they'd said precisely that. One compiled a list of 50 citations of imminent danger or and weapons of mass destruction. I think with media too, not just politics, uh, blogs and the web serve enormously to give transparency 
to folk, which is not to say that every economic forecaster or baseball forecaster is held to his wrong predictions, but it's a push in that direction, I think. Good, good. And I think hopefully it will move further in that direction. I think it needs to also to be backed up by the social side, by social awareness among the, the electorate that, uh, that, that, that when somebody, that some people should be then held accountable for the things they said which weren't actually true. The concept of a, of a public apology, for example, for what, something which was said, uh, which, was not, which was not true, would be nice to be seen I mean, uh, or the, under attraction and so that one can go back and look at what things, which things have been derived from this. So I, I think we're really at early days when it comes to using the web for political purposes and sort of refining the, the, the social processes. But it's, uh, but it's very exciting. How do you account for the multiple in the influence that bloggers seem to have already? I mean, they are tiny in number, but they are the energy in American media and politics right now, in my observation. Well, my observation of, of, of complicated systems is that they tend to be fractal. So okay. uh, when you look at natural systems, they have structure on many levels. When you look at society, it has structure on many levels. And interestingly, some of the experiments which have been done on the web have discovered that it has structure on many levels. So you'll find, so for example, you'll find uh, one of the characteristics of this sort of system is that you, you is the one over N law, the zip floor, that the top site may have N people reading it, and then the next site, so the next most popular site will have N over two people reading it, and the next. So most popular site will have N over three people reading it. The next most popular site will have N over four people reading it. Now, as you go down, you find that the, 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 this isn't dropping off very quickly. So, in fact, you find that the influence of the largest uh, of the most popular site is large, but it's but but it's finite. And if if it, there are a large number of sites, uh, you you find that there's a huge amount of influences. In fact, it's buried in the middle. So. Uh, I would be suspicious of anybody who said that uh, oh, no, AOL Time Warner has all has the ears of the entire American public, or somebody who said the individual little bloggers have the ears of the entire American public. My suspicion is that there's a sort of equilibrium to which, fortunately, we find us we we, we tend to that we naturally society naturally organically turns. And that is fractal. In other words, when at, just as a few channels start to be dominating, there will be a huge urgency behind starting up the little ones. <laughs> right? People will start them up even if they don't get spectrum, even if they don't get domain names. They will, they, there will be the energy which will pour into the people crying out, no, no, everything they're saying is awful. And similarly, if there are lots and lots and lots of people gabbling incoherently with no structure, then there will be a huge force and a huge demand for a little bit of structure, somebody to come in and make that hierarchical organization, make that portal, which gathers together thousands of things and makes it look like one consistent thing. So just as somebody mailed me the other day and said they wanted, when will we have a Dewey Decimal System for the Internet? Um, people, people feel they need that structure. Similarly, people need the alternative things. And this is this constant battle between the one station and 
the 10 to the 10, or 6 times 10 to the 9, you know, one, 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 one transmitting station for every person on the planet, uh, <laughs> right, neither of which is optimal. Uh, and you could never run a society. You could not possibly have a democracy under either of those conditions. What you really need is this, is, is this very continual uh, uh, balance which, uh, across the different scales so that the emphasis on each scale is balanced. So I, I've suggested that what you do in your day is you should divide your time out into into ten channels. You should you, that, that you should perhaps put ten cans in front of you. One, the first one is labeled one, and that's the can for you. And the next one is the can is labeled ten, and that's the, that's that's when you talk to your for when you talk to your family. The next one is labeled a hundred, and that may be when you discuss with with your with a group. Uh, and the next one is a thousand. That may be when you go to a church and you're in a congregation of a thousand or you're in a school, something and so on. And if there's a particular level, then there is a, a can which corresponds more or less to the size of your state and one to your country. And then the last one is 10 to the 10, which is roughly corresponds to, the, so we've got 11 cans, I think, uh, but uh, the, the size of the, uh, the population of the planet. And then when you do something, if you're making a blog which is going to be read by 10,000 people, then if you're thinking at that level, then maybe you need to spend the represent the hour you've spent doing that by dropping a marble into the ten to the four, ten to the power four can. And when you look at the end of the, when you read the a national newspaper, you make sure you put that marble into the, the national one. And look how much time you spend doing international things. For one thing, as Americans. Americans tend to spend a lot of time doing national things and watching the quote World Series unquote, but not actually doing world things. Uh, but, and, but, but, but one tends to spread one's marbles at the end of the week or at the end of the month, in fact, with a certain amount of, uh, uh, with a certain spread. And different people, of course, spread them in different ways. And overall, we end up working on lots of different scales. We ended up there creating social structures on lots of different scales, and that is that balance and this mix of different sized social structures is what we need.